Hello, hello, and welcome to the You Do You Hum podcast, a place to provide you with motivation, direction, and for me to be your very own cheerleader. If you are looking to move from where you are now to where you need to be, keep listening because I am going to share with you the tips and tricks that I've learned along the way from my 10 years experience in mental health. This podcast is sponsored by my goddamn self. So if you are looking for home scents and affordable fragrances, look for Splendid Bliss on Facebook or Instagram. But for now, let the podcast begin. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of You Do You, Hun. I hope you're well. I hope you've had a fantastic week. It is absolutely boiling here. I am recording this and it is currently 31 degrees. 31 degrees. Like all we need now is a pool outside and my life is made, but it is so bloody warm. We're not taking answer now because it's so hot. So we're all being hermits right now because why the hell not? If you don't have to be anywhere, why be anywhere? Um, so I just wanted to apologise and say I am very sorry that there wasn't an episode out this Monday. I do have a very good reason, actually, why um, I was a little bit AWOL. Um, basically, Andy was actually in hospital last week. So picture this, eight-week-old baby, and then your husband goes into hospital. Um, basically, he was in a bit of pain, had a bit of stomach pain. And, you know, you know what men are like, sometimes I was like, you've been a bit of a drama queen because sometimes he can definitely be, and he would admit that. And um, had a bit of stomach pain, and I was like, look, you know, see how you feel, drink water, etc. But as the night went on, um, he wasn't sleeping with it. And then when he got up the next day, he was in agony. I've never seen him like it. He was, he couldn't get out of bed. He couldn't move. He was in absolute agony. Um, he then started vomiting. He had a fever. And I was like, Oh my God, like we need to call someone. Like this isn't, this isn't right. No way. Um, on the, on the 111, they said it might be indigestion. I was like, there's no way that this is indigestion. No way. Um, so Andy had a call with a doctor and the doctor examined him well over the phone and said, you know, what is your pain? And Andy said about eight and a half. And um, he, he, the doctor actually laughed, which I'm really not happy about, and said, if it was eight and a half, you'd be an A&E. And Andy was like, yeah, I've been crying all morning. Like, I can't cope. This is agony. Um, so we did go to 111 as soon as they saw him. By this point, he was rocking in pain. Oh, oh it was so horrible. I've never seen him like that. It was... I was so worried about him and I didn't know what to do. So I, you know, got in touch with my parents and said, look, can you come up and watch Anson? Like we need to go to the hospital. Like Andy's really not well. They came up really quickly, luckily, so then I could focus on Andy while I knew Anderson was okay. So went to the hospital. Um, we had an appointment booked actually because we called 111. Um, but I, we got there and I felt like saying, look, your, your, your symptoms have intensified. We need to let them know. Andy was like, no, no, we've got away, we've got away. So I was like, oh, come on. Um, but when the nurse saw him and saw how he's hunched over, she was like, wow, you know, um, this isn't right. So she gave him some really strong painkillers straight away. I can't even remember what it was. And then, um, actually asked him to go to the, uh, surgeon, see a surgeon straight away. So we had to go to the surgical assessment unit and straight away I'm like, oh my God, he's going to have to have surgery. Oh my goodness. Like what is going to happen? What is this? Like I just knew it was something quite bad. And, um, yeah, we was waiting there for quite a while. We got seen by like doctors and things like that. Like by this point, his pain's been managed by the nurse, which is fantastic, but we are just waiting around quite a few hours to see somebody, but you don't mind like he's in the best place as long as he gets seen and his, his pain was under control. Um, got seen by somebody, they felt his stomach, um, said it, his stomach was doing something called, um, what was it called? It begins with G. Um, 
basically where your stomach muscles have gone really, really hard sometimes to protect what's going on underneath or something like that. Um, and they felt him and he was so tender, really, really sore to touch. Um, so they gave him a blood test and then the surgeon came back and said he's got something called diverticulitis, which I've never heard of in my life. And basically what it is, diverticulitis is where you've had an inflammation of your intestines and your intestines have become inflamed so much and it's causing this agony and it's causing this upset around the body. So it's essentially an infection. And that's what it's called when you have an attack. But actually, this is something that you live with. It's something where your intestine has, um, like, it is informed, essentially. And um, diverticular disease is now what Andy has. Um, so, yeah, it came as a, a great shock to us. But I was just so glad that um, he was in the right place. And then as soon as they did that, they put a cannula in his, in his hand. And I was like, oh, no, he's staying in. I was like, oh, no. Um, but equally, I was like, oh, God, please. Like, I just want him to feel better because I've never seen him like that. It was horrible. Um, so, yeah, he, he, we then, I then waited with him till about midnight. He still hadn't had a bed. He was just like in a chair, um, waiting to be put into a bed. But I then left about midnight. I couldn't even keep my eyes open. Obviously, doing the night things and things like that. I was just exhausted. Um, so about midnight, I went home, um, and literally like waited for Andy to see what happened next. Got up in the morning, obviously done all the night feeds, got up in the morning. Um, and then Andy was like, I've slept in that chair all night. I was like, oh my God, it was so uncomfortable. I could not believe that. But anyway, he got a bed that morning and then it was just, um, recovery. So as you can imagine, I was absolutely up the wall. I, you know, I've never felt so torn in all my life. Like, you know, I'm very used to, if Andy needs me, I'm there, I'll drop everything, you know, of course, like you run to your husband, don't you? But now I've got a child and things are very different. And, and actually I've got to look after my child and make sure he's okay. So we didn't want to bring Anderson to the hospital because he hasn't had his jabs. So Andy actually didn't see him um, for probably like three to four days. Um, I did bring him up once uh, so Andy could see him in the car park when he was his pain was managed but um it was difficult you know you're trying to manage looking after him Anson's still young um Andy was still in pain um and you're just trying to make it all work but it was hard because no matter where I was I felt guilty so if I was with Andy I felt guilty on Anderson and my mum and dad and then if I was with Anderson I felt guilty that I should be with Andy so you can't bloody win can you um so yeah, that wasn't a very nice experience. I'm not going to lie, it really overwhelmed me. I just, yeah, I had a day where I was like, oh, this is just horrible, you know, it's horrible. Um, Did what I could, tried to see, see Andy when I can, but equally, like, my little one's got to be first, you know, he needs us more. So um, yeah, I had Andy like, go home, all I want you to do is focus on him. Um, That's very hard to do when they were talking about surgery, perhaps, and you know, um, I could see how much pain he was in, you know, it was horrendous. So that was my our week last week. Um, Andy is home now, thank God, but he is recovering. Um, when they managed his pain, they gave him an alternative saying, do you want to stay in hospital, which you can definitely do, or come home. Obviously, he chose to come home, but I don't think he anticipated how hard it would have been to come home and not be able to help Vanson at all. So, He's, you know, been here but not here. He's just been sleeping a lot. He's on strong painkillers. 
um, when he's up, you know, he couldn't do too much. Um, so that's been quite challenging, as you can imagine. Um, but luckily, I have so much support from my mum and dad. Like, honestly, they are incredible. Shout out to mum and dad if you're listening, because I know they listen to the pod sometimes. Um, well, actually, sometimes, all the time, Hans. You should be listening to it all the time. Um, I'm only joking. I've got stuff to do. I get it. They were looking after my baby for weeks. Um, no, but they basically stayed with me for about three days, something like that, and, and helped me look after him, which, oh my God, was an absolute blessing. It takes a village, you know, to look after a baby, doesn't it? I highly agree with that. It takes a goddamn village, sorry. Oh, that's because I've been up early, but it does take a village. And, you know, having them watch Anderson, and I know that he's got, he's, you know, really taken care of while I go and see my husband was just incredible. So thank you so much, mum and dad, for doing that. I don't know what I'd do without them. I'm so lucky to have them um it's mad isn't it like I sent a text to my mum I was like no amount of thank yous is enough for what you do for us like they are just the best they're the best parents but the best grandparents I could ever ask for for Anderson do you know that they are just they go above and beyond nothing's too much and they love that kid they absolutely love him and they know every bar of him which is really nice to me so if I have got to work away or anything like that I know that he's going to be really well looked out for and they just know him so yeah so they were doing that and um Andy come home and they still stayed to help because obviously Andy couldn't do anything and um we actually had a really great time like we actually had a lot of fun with them like mum and dad are so easy so uh, we were just going out for the days with them and stuff like that like me and Anson were just going to the park and we was going out for the day and just trying to um have some sort of normality and making sure Anson's getting out and about because He's so alert and so um, excited about everything. I, I don't want him to miss out. So he loves the park. He loves looking at the trees. You know, he loves lights in a shopping centre. Any lights he's just fixated by. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to give him something than our living room, essentially. So that's where I have been. Um, I do apologise once again. But, I mean, the last thing I was thinking about was recording a pod if I'm honest because my family needed me so that was where I was so I think because of that and because of that situation it's really made me and Andy look at things even differently and made us realise um we did realise already but how important our health is and how much we need it and you know when when it goes and when we are impacted by something how difficult that is and it's really given us a bit of a kickstart and us thinking about sorry I do apologise. Um, thinking about how much we need to be there for Anderson and how healthy we need to be. So Andy's on a low fibre diet right now and something he has to do. And then he's switching, he has to switch to a high fibre diet. Um, so yeah, we're going to be meal planning. We're going to be getting ourselves organised. I want to get strong. Like the feeds are really hurting my back. Like I don't know why. <laughs> he's a chunky man. I mean, he's 13 pound four and a half now and he's nearly nine weeks. He's an absolute chunk. Um, but yeah, I'm just finding my back is really starting to hurt. So from rocking him and things like that so I need to get strong I need to get myself out of this funk I need to you know there's there's only so long you can eat what you want and stuff without it catching up on you um and I'm quite lucky I, I didn't really um put on much weight after I don't know what I weigh but I actually feel like I'm kind of what I was before so that's great but I want to get stronger I want to feel better I want to feel more agile so um yeah we need to see a new and improved Laura Burke coming your way because I want to 
be around and I think I'm so good on the mental health side of things but not so good on my physical health so that is going to change that is an absolute goal and a priority of mine that I want to sort my shit out essentially so that's what I'm going to do so if anyone else wants to do that maybe we can do it together so reach out on my Instagram you do you hum podcast because it's always nice to have people to do it with you but I'm feeling like meal plans and we just need to be a bit more um organized with our meals and what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to find my step counter. That's what I'm definitely going to do. And make sure I'm doing at least 10,000 steps a day, making sure I'm getting out of Anderson, walking about, things like that. It can be very easy sometimes when you've got a baby to just stay indoors because it's safer and you feel you've got everything there and I worry about, oh, you know, what if he gets upset or anything like that. But then I remind myself, Laura, he's a baby. That's what he's going to do. He's going to cry, get out of it. So then I quickly, you know, sort my shit out and then we go out. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a really long uh, explanation of why I didn't do podcasts. So apologies. Um, if you're still with me, thank you for still hanging on. Um, um, if people have dropped off, I get it because you want to hear about the pod. So, um, yeah, I, I thought because of that, because of kind of the weeks we've had, it, it's really reinstilled to me how important gratitude is and how much I use that of in my life. And, you know, when then things were happening, I was saying things like, you know, I'm just so grateful. I've got my mum and dad. I'm so grateful Anderson's okay. I'm so grateful that Andy's got good care. I mean, we walked in within 24 hours. He's got a bed. He's had morphine. He's had antibiotics. He's had this. He's had that, you know, and the NHS were incredible. Yes, we had to wait, but who cares when you get that level of care and you get the right care for you. So yeah, it just reinstills to me how much um, I value people, things, opportunities, situations. And I thought that it'd be a really important one to talk about today because gratitude is very, very powerful. And if you look at countless studies, if you Google it, if you do some research, there are so many studies that link gratitude to happiness because it's very hard to be grateful when you're miserable. It just can't be done. You know, there's something that happens in your brain. It switches when you're being grateful, when you're thinking about what you've got to be grateful for you start to feel happy, you start to feel content, you start to feel lighter because you're thinking about all that you've got and not what you haven't got, okay? So a lot of the time, gratitude can seem as a way of saying thanks and it can be you start showing up and saying thank you to people around you, you know, thanking your parents more, thanking your friends, thanking your colleagues, you know, if someone helped you through something difficult, say to them, I'm really grateful that you're around, you know, I couldn't have got through that without you, Um, you know, be nicer to people that serve you, you know, say thank you, that really made my day or that was really helpful. If someone went above and beyond to support you, that really helped, you know, that saved me a lot of time. I'm really grateful for your support. You know, let's say thanks to the people around us because it doesn't only make them feel good, it makes you feel good. But equally, saying thanks is very, very good when we're saying thanks to ourselves, saying thank you to things that we've got, saying thanks to the universe or God or whatever um, you believe, you know, whatever um, spirituality or method or whatever you believe in. Um, start to say thanks, you know, give thanks for the world around you, give thanks for, for all that you do. And I was kind of researching this and researching um, the kind of statistics behind it and research because, you know, with my psychology background, I do love looking at a bit of research and, and seeing um, where it actually is at because it's all well and good me coming on and saying this and that, but sometimes it's nice to follow it up and follow through with it. So, 
There are so many researchers in positive psychology that have found that gratitude and happiness are strongly correlated, like I mentioned to you. So there is a definite relationship between gratitude and happiness. So start thinking about how you can start, how you can be grateful. And I'll bring that to you at the end of this episode. Um, another statistic in 2002, um, a research study found that when people are faced with adversity or traumas, if they're able to experience gratitude, they are able to push through the adversity or trauma and be more resilient. So it might be something difficult happen, like, um, I don't know, let's say their house was flooded. Okay, their house was flooded. And obviously, that can be very traumatic to people because they lose everything. They lose their home, they have to live somewhere else. But then they start to be grateful about the fact that, you know, their family was safe, they was able to get to a hotel, you know, they've activated the insurance, you know, they might be really grateful the insurance put them up in a hotel, or they had a bit of savings, or, um, you know, the flood meant that the, uh, I don't know, the, the new, um, improvements in the home would be even better or whatever it might be but if you are able to experience gratitude in a situation that's really shit essentially what you're doing is you're becoming a more resilient person because you're able to bounce back you're able to bounce back from adversities from trauma from difficulties and you can be back to where you was before you don't let this situation harm you or impact you to continue this, more researchers in 2010 found that after an interpersonal offence, if a victim can concentrate or bring attention to the lessons learned, how they were resilient or how they grew, uh, grow as a person, it provides greater joy, positivity and overall better cardiovascular health, cardiovascular health for that temporary moment. Wow. That says a lot, doesn't it? So, you know, someone has been really impacted by a crime and you know they, they're able to think about how they've grown stronger from it um how they've got through that that kind of gives somebody more sense of self doesn't it but that is very hard to do I mean if you've been mugged if you've been assaulted how do you get gra grateful for that you know it's not something you're going to be grateful for of course not but maybe you're grateful for the support you had around you or the fact that you um had good support from police or um I don't know what you've learned about yourself, you then, because of that, you've taken up self-defense classes and you've become more wiser, more stronger, whatever it might be. Um, but equally, I do appreciate it. It's really hard to be grateful for, but they do say the more grateful we are for any situation, the happier we will feel and we won't be impacted because that situation happened to you. You're a victim of something, but what we don't need to do is continue with it into our life moving forward. You know, we don't need to continue that experience and that can be very hard really hard to do when our brain is programmed to experience trauma in a way that will mean don't forget it now because that could happen again you know that's what our brain might tell us but equally you know it's unlikely that that event will happen if we're thinking about the workplace then as well you know 70 percent of employees would feel better about themselves if their boss were more grateful and because of that if the boss was more grateful 81 percent would work harder think about it have you worked for a manager who said to you you know thanks so much for your for your hard effort or thank you for this or well done for today you are going to work much harder than someone with someone than someone that's going to you you didn't do this right you didn't do that right you didn't do this that's just going to make you feel really impacted and really shit essentially isn't it so there are many things, there are many statistics there about gratitude, but how do we practice gratitude? Number one, this is one I love doing. Keep a gratitude journal. Keep a journal of all the things you're grateful for. So make it a priority to every day before you get out of bed, before you get, you know, your morning coffee or whatever you do to start your day. 
write down 10 things that you are grateful for because I'm telling you this, this practice is life-changing. It sets you up for the day. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel happy. It puts a bit of a spring in your step. So write 10 things that you're grateful for. And I don't just want you to write, you know, car, hotel, hotel. Yeah, maybe you're going to a hotel. Car, hotel, family, whatever it might be. I want you to write down, I am so grateful for and then write that down. So I'm bringing in the law of attraction, the secret practice here. So 10 things I am so grateful for. So mine would be, I'm so grateful for my beautiful baby boy, Anderson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So say thank you at the end three times to really get in that, that sense of gratitude and to really feel it embody your body. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So 10 things on a daily basis that I want you to do from today. Number two, reflect back and remember the bad because we do have bad in our life and actually we might not be where we once was and that's something to be really grateful for. So we've all had hard times, we've all had really bad experiences, we've all had a lot of distress. So think back and think about, wow, you know, I got through that, I'm really grateful I did this or I'm I'm grateful that that time in my life has passed or, you know might be you're going through grief and it might be that, you know, I'm grateful that I'm in a different stage of grief. You know, I don't forget them. They're not going to um, leave me. It's not something that's going to ever change things for me that I'm upset that they're gone. But I, I'm seeing this in a different light. I'm, I'm, I'm living with it. I'm living with it. So remember the bad. You know, it could be that, you know, I look back to my really hard times in life when I had depression and the worst, worst times in my life, I look back and think, wow, you know, if I didn't experience that, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be working in this field. I wouldn't be able to have that personal experience to exclude when I'm doing training, you know. And I find a lot of the time with the feedback I get is it was nice to hear from someone who had that experience. Okay. Number three, think of all you've received. Think of absolutely everything you've had in your life so far. And a lot of it you've not even asked for. Think about how you were brought up. Think about who looked after you, you know, that you were fed, that you were watered, that you had clothes on your back, that you had the school books you needed, that you got to go on school trips. You know, I might be mentioning things that you might not have all had, but some of you will have had the the essentials and there are things we can look to and and be grateful for. You know, it might be you can be grateful for your friends, might be you're grateful for family members, um, opportunities that have that have been um that have came to you could be that holiday it could be your pet you know we could go on and on and on and on of everything you've received in your life and every joyful moment that you've had and when you think about that very hard not to be grateful very bloody hard not to be grateful when you're thinking about all that you've received next share your appreciation you know share your thanks let people know that you're really grateful for them you know tell your husband they mean everything to you and and you're so grateful um if he puts the bins out and you're buzzing about that say to him look that really helped me out thanks so much for doing that share your gratitude um you know it could be someone serves you in a restaurant like i've said before and say you know thanks for your service today that was really really lovely and you know me and andy are very um uh, good at doing this uh, you know we're very quick to say you know we've had a lovely experience with you today or thank you for the time you spent with us or you know we tip and you know if we've had good service we are very quick to say thank you Um, you know you've been lovely and it was really nice to meet you and things like that because it goes a long way you know so really look them in the eyes and just share your genuine thanks it can really make someone's day because it's rare that people do it a lot of the time people aren't even looking at you you know, when you're serving someone. So it's really nice to go above and beyond the norm. Okay. And last but not least, 
visual reminders, you know, have these cues everywhere to remind you of what you've had, what you've got, what you're currently experiencing. So it might be you've got a reminder on your phone telling you your holidays in 30 days. It might be that your background picture is your children or your pet or a family member. Or it might be that, you know, on your working desk, you've got something that somebody bought you. Um, it could be you've got a picture of a holiday destination or a photo frame with somebody in it. You know, visual cues along the way in life can be a real good reminder of, wow, you know, this is a bad day, not a bad life, essentially, because look what I have. So the power of gratitude is everything. And what I want to ask you is, and, and do let me know on... Um, you do you hum podcast tell me how do you practice gratitude what is it that you do on a daily basis or maybe ever so often that practices gratitude that inspires you that that brings on that happiness that you want to feel so let me know at you do you hum podcast on instagram and as always if you liked the pod today i would really appreciate a review um it goes a long way so you can go on apple Podcasts and do it there or go on spotify and rate um and you can listen to this wherever you listen to podcasts as you all know because you wouldn't be listening to it otherwise um but that's all from me so as uh, just a recap how to practice gratitude get your gratitude journal going remember the bad so you can focus on the good think of all you've received in your life share your appreciation to others and five visual reminders have a lovely week everyone speak to you soon bye this podcast is sponsored by Laura Burke Training and Consultancy. That's right, my mental health training company. So if your company needs mental health first aid or workshops around mental health, I'm your girl. I am here to provide tools and techniques to staff to help them improve their mental health. So if you'd like to find out more, go to www.lauraburke.co.uk. Thank you.